0: Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: Listen to you move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. don't tell me, let me guess, you from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough.
0: To talk money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, welcome to today's program. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and thanks for joining us today. You know, most Americans are suffering from moderate to high stress. Now, I understand that. It's not just from driving. The American Psychological Association says nearly three out of four adults reported feeling stressed about money, at least some of the time. And about one out of four said they've experienced extreme stress over money. Recently, Now, a drive in Memphis can stress you out, but money definitely can stress you out. And when when you have high interest debt, if you eliminate that debt from your life, you are also doing away with unneeded stress. Debt can be a part of anyone's life and can be caused by various reasons. Some we don't have much control over. It could be medical catastrophe or maybe you're just making bad decisions. But it happens. And how do you deal with it? How do you stop living from paycheck to paycheck? On the other side of the coin, some of us make mistakes when it comes to retirement planning. And today we're going to discuss retirement planning mistakes that millennials are making. That young person, but has affected those people that are now at their age of 60, 65 or 70 and how do we avoid making those mistakes. Cooper Smith, Michael Powell or my guest and they're going to give us some much needed insight into debt management and retirement planning. From our did you know files, I know you have, we've talked about this and currently recently and about the economy many times that we talk about this thing called the unemployment rate and it's been in the headlines. The number is 3.7% in August, very low. And that is the second of excuse me, the seventh consecutive month that the nation has reported the jobless rate of 3.8% or less. That's great. But how long has that jobless rate streak been around? Well, the Department of Labor keeps that number and recently reported that we have not had seven consecutive months of 3.8% or less since 1969. That's December of 1969, or almost 50 years ago. That's a pretty good record. Recently, I asked my grandson, and he's 13, he, I asked him if he remembered the flip phone, and he said, no way, Grandpa, no way. He was just a baby when the iPhone came out, and now we're going to have something called 5G technology. So I asked him if he thought it was important to have 5G, and he, uh, his answer was, only if it makes things faster. Well, I got it. Well, according to LifeWare, 5G is being installed across the United States, and it's estimated to be 20 times faster in terms of download speed than the current 4G technology that's in place today. Here's his answer to what I said. Do you think it's important? He said, sweet, Grandpa, sweet. I like it. One of the things, let me talk about this. This is my last thought. I know everyone's thinking about recession. That's on everybody's mind. When's it going to happen? And according to who you listen, as to when the next recession is going to take place. But let me share some information that the National Bureau of Economic Research has put out. There have been 10 recessions in the United States since 1950. And the most recent being, of course, everybody knows, the Great Recession, an 18-month downturn that ended in June of 2009. And that recession left a dreadful emotional imprint on everyone's mind that went through that period, especially those that were approaching retirement. But to keep everything in perspective, the average length of the 10 recessions that have occurred since 1950 is 11 months. So maybe the next one will not be as bad as 2008. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to Talk Money at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program or podcast on for past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Coming up, Michael Powell, Cooper Smith, regrettable mistakes retirees makes, and dealing with debt, steps to wealth and happiness. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. We will be right back after this, this is talk money
1: Podcasts of talk money are available in the itunes store just search shoemaker financial we'll be right back with more talk money after this jim
0: shoemaker michael powell and cooper smith are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of and financial services inc securities dealer member fnira sipc a registered investment advisor
1: shoemaker financial is independently owned and operated and now back to talk money with your host jim shoemaker
2: Welcome back. I have two guests in the studios. They're frequent visitors of ours, and they always do a great job. We have Cooper Smith and Michael Powell, and they're here. And guys, welcome to the
3: program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jim, thank you.
2: Well, guys, we've got two subjects that just literally are stress-related, and I really kind of felt like it's important. I mean, driving in Memphis, Tennessee can create a ton of stress. Today, I'm driving into the studio, and all of a sudden, somebody decides to stop at a green light. Now, I literally decided that maybe I should stop with them, or, but it happens. I mean, so that creates all kind of stress. Mm-hmm. But really, there's two things that create stress in everybody's life. In fact, the National Association of Psychologically Psychological, I can't remember what they call themselves, Psychological, um, hey, let me look it up. Association, again. maybe? The yeah, Association, right. yeah, the National American Psychological Association. There you go. They were talking about the fact that stress, money, just literally creates an enormous amount of stress. And Cooper, really, one of the top things they said was debt. Yep. So let's go through this process. I know for you, you talk about some ways the young family to wealth and happiness, things that they should avoid when it comes to debt. Or things that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. So give us some insight. First and foremost, how do you look at this thing of living a debt free life?
3: Right. You know, so obviously looking at those statistics that you just read off, money's a, a huge concern and a big stress for a lot of Americans out there. And it sounds pretty cliche. You know, anytime that you're a financial advisor on a podcast or the radio, they're talking about debt management. But the the one of the most important pieces of any financial strategy is having that emergency reserve. Typically, it's recommended to have about three to six months income set aside for emergencies. Um, but get this, even if you have $2,000 saved up, you'll have twice as much money than 57% of Americans, according to Go Banking Rates.
2: So literally, just taking one step of an emergency fund is the is a gigantic move, mm-hmm. and you're ahead of everybody else almost.
3: Yep, you know, and that that's really what keeps you from having to use those credit cards in the event that the emergency happens.
2: What do you see sometimes in your practice with, with both of you guys? And I'll, I'll go to you too, Michael. But what what are some of the things that people? know they're going to happen, but they just avoid thinking. I mean, I'm thinking of the air conditioner and the heat that we're going through and experiencing right now in Memphis, the the reality that... I mean, the air conditioners go out, and they just go out, and that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the emergency fund, but what other things do you see that people know that's going to happen, but they don't do anything about it?
3: Yeah, I'd say another big one's probably having to replace your roof or even fix your car, right? Nobody—people know that this stuff's going to happen eventually, but we'd rather just bury our head in the sand and hope that it doesn't happen today, right? Because we're just trying to live for— One more day, just make it one more day. Paycheck to paycheck. That's right.
2: Yeah, and that's a problem. I I know that we talk about emergency funds, but it is difficult to set aside a certain amount of money when you're going from paycheck to Mm -hmm. paycheck. So let's let's back up for just a second. I know when you guys are talking to young couples or even older adults, too— The literally the reality is I'm now in debt. I've got myself in debt I can't save money today Mm -hmm. for an emergency fund.
3: Yeah, you know a lot of people think that And I'm gonna ask a question to some of the young couples out there think about this for a second Do you actually budget with your spouse if you're trying to figure out and prepare for the future? You've got to get a clear idea of where you are today, right? Everybody hates that dreaded B word budget right in my experience most people don't even have a clue as to what they're spending each month and typically that number's a lot higher than they think it is um, another statistic a recent pew study found that 46 percent of americans are actually spending more than they make every month nearly half of americans out there how wild is that you
2: know i i i can remember back used to when i was doing a lot of budget counseling and i and i did that every monday and churches from all over the city would send people saying here's somebody and we would look at it and of course You know, the debt problems was a symptom of just lack of discipline or Mm -hmm. something like that. But the reality is that 110% of their paycheck, you know, the 46% you just talked about, and people don't always discuss it together. Here's the issue that I had when you talk about the B word, budget. Mm -hmm. It's literally, we might put a budget together and, you know, the spouse, me and, you know, we'd sit down and we'd work it all out and then I'd expect her to live on it. And let me go free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I shackle her to it. She can't do this. She can't do. But I can go buy the bass boat or the new golf clubs if I and that's just not how it works.
3: Yeah. You really have to be on the same page and it sounds self explanatory, but even if you go through the exercise of writing your expenses down and seeing some of these big numbers with your own eyes, that's the first step to adjusting your behavior. I talk to my clients all the time. Finances is, are about establishing habits. We've only got two kinds of those, good habits and bad habits. If we just choose to ignore some of these bad financial habits, chances are we aren't going to get to where we'd hope we were in the long run.
2: I know that. Michael, do you see that also with your practice where people, this, this idea behind, I, I want to do something, but it's just difficult to move in that direction?
4: Oh, yeah. And the biggest thing is the credit card debts. I see that more than anything with younger people. It's, it's that weight on your shoulder that's just dragging you along, and you really can't get out of that. And a lot of times it's knowing where to start, like Cooper said in the beginning.
2: You know, when you talk about knowing where to start, I, I, Cooper, we talked about this in preparation for today's program. It's the discipline of saying, mm-hmm. I, I won't do it today. I'll save the money to, in order to do it. It may take me six months or 18 months or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'll not do be immediately gratified by putting it on a credit card. I'll wait till I've saved the money for it.
3: Yeah. And something I like to say for that, you have to live different today if you want to live different tomorrow, right? I'll never try and convince people that saving money is fun because realistically it's not. But if you have something fun to save money for, right, maybe it's a new trip, a new car, that new house, that'll make it a little bit easier to say no to some of those things that offer that instant gratification.
2: All right. We talked about number one, an emergency fund mm-hmm. and. I kind of feel like that, even though I, you said that's number one and very important, a lot of people would say, well, I'd love to do that, but i got to get out of debt first. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that. But you're saying sometimes pay on the debt, but establish the emergency, because it's a cycle. If you're yep. not careful, it's just going to bite you again and bite you again. Yep. So get the emergency funds set aside, then go to your budget mm-hmm. and work diligently on a budget. And I know that if you have the budget and you have some debt, once you get a handle on the budget, you can start paying off the debt. Help us talk about ways, methods of eliminating debt.
3: So there's a couple different methods, right? And none is better or worse. What I tell people is doing something is better than doing nothing. Um, But there's three main ones that people typically look at. One's the debt snowball. So that consists of eliminating the debt with the smallest balance first, just go ahead and getting it off the plate. The other is the debt avalanche. That consists of paying off the debt that has the highest interest rate first. And then the third, which is actually a lot of my clients like to use, is the debt hatred method. So that's where you actually eliminate the debt that you hate the most first. So let's say you hate the fact that you owe money on your car or that you owe money to your parents. Okay, well then let's pay that debt off first.
2: So you talk about the snowball, mm-hmm. the avalanche, mm-hmm. and hatred. That's I, I right. like those terms. Of course, mm-hmm. some of that term, we hear that you know in the program that follows this program with Dave Ramsey. The reality mm-hmm. is he's built a, an empire talking about debt. So obviously debt is... A big issue for families, and yet it's a it's a burden that a lot of times, at least I've seen in my practice, and and you guys can talk about this. It seems like there's a one if it's a married couple, one of them really is burdened by it, and the other one is kind of like, okay, you know. Have you ever seen that?
3: Oh yeah, all the time. You know, I think that that's if you're if you're looking to be you know financially successful in the long run, you've got to be on the same page as your partner.
2: That's critical. That's mm-hmm. critical. Talk about that. If you just tune in before the answer this question, uh, I'm talking with Michael Powell and Cooper Smith. We're talking about right now this most regrettable mistakes that people have a tendency to make about debt. How do you deal with debt? The, the, some of the ideas around moving through debt and avoiding debt. And then when we come into the second half of the program, we're going to talk about retirees and how we should be doing as it. 30 year old thinking about retirement. And what we're going to be doing that is when we get to be 60 years old. So stay with us because we're going to walk through this whole process. But right now, we're talking about literally managing debt. And that is so difficult for some people, just sometimes very hard to climb that hill. Cooper, you just meant that mentioned the debt snowball. You talked about the avalanche and debt hatred, those three methods, and literally making that. But we talked about the spouse and There's two people usually in Mm -hmm. a conversation. Mm -hmm. When I got married, my wife and I used to talk about it. I mean, I came from a family that my dad was a German, you know, the whole mentality, everything was very specific and by the numbers and... You know, and I, I picked up that trait. And so my wife said, you can squeeze a buffalo nickel till the buffalo sets down. And I, I, I probably could. I was a little tight, you know. And on the other hand, she comes from a, you know, a little Irish family, a little more loose and, you know, just this type. And so she was out. Today, we've reversed. I'm much tighter than she is. Well, actually, I mean, she's tighter than I am today. And so... Literally, it does take a combination of the two personalities, but it is something they have to communicate Mm -hmm. about, debt.
3: Yeah, you got to think about everybody's got a different relationship to money. And before you even marry your spouse, make sure you have a clear idea of what that relationship is, right? But building generational wealth is no easy task, but it's a lot simpler if you're actually on the same page as your spouse. So when you talk
2: about communication with a spouse, walk me through what that means I mean, I'm thinking the whole idea of financial dreams Mm -hmm. and, you know, the idea behind two people coming together, but they've got to communicate about it. Don't wait till 10 years after the marriage or 10 months after Mm -hmm. the marriage. Do it 10 weeks, 10 years before the marriage Mm -hmm. or whatever.
3: Yeah. And you already touched on it is you've got to share those financial dreams with each other. It's easy to feel like you're drowning when you're deep in debt. And when we get to this point, we often forget our dreams because they seem so far out of reach. And it sounds corny, but actually take some time to dream together with your spouse. Think about different things like: Would you want to own your own business? Are you ready to stay at home with the kids? Would you like to quit a job to quit the job that you hate? Right? These motivations can often motivate you, and you know, motivate your spou- spouse as well to help making some major financial progress together.
2: Well, this makes sense to me, and I see it as being critically important of what we're trying to do. And I know that you pulled up some data from Dr. Gail Matthews, that, and she's a psychology professor at Dominican University of California. She says 42% people are more likely... To achieve a goal if they discussed it with each other and have written it down. I thought that was tremendous. Just writing a goal down mm-hmm. gives you a 42% chance of being more successful.
3: Yeah, and actually the stat goes up to 77% if you have somebody that's holding you accountable to those goals. 77%. That's
2: enormous. And, and the fact whether that's a financial advisor that's holding your goal, a parent, or a spouse, mm-hmm. a friend, accountability partners. When I would do budget counseling, if they were single... I would say, OK, you don't have this spouse or something, but find a friend that, you know, s- somebody who has a s- similar situation as you do that you can meet with regularly and just have a discussion about what you're trying to do financially.
3: Yeah, you know, you have people at work. They're holding you accountable to your goals, right? They're constantly asking you your progress. How are you doing? Are you going to hit your goals? Well, don't you think your personal finances are a little bit more important than some of your goals at work? Right, don't you think it's important that you've got somebody in that area that's holding you accountable to the things that you said you wanted to do? Well, I I think you're
2: you're giving us some tremendous advice here and the whole idea behind just some things to do. If you talk about this for a second, when you when you have success and you spent some time with the spouse and you're working through this and you're planning together, you talked to you mentioned to me some things about planning this future together. Mm-hmm. But also celebrating your wins. Talk about that. I thought that was huge.
3: You know, I really don't think a lot of people take enough time to do this, um, but I think it's imperative that you actually take time to celebrate on the way to hitting your goals. If you, you know, let's say, for instance, you're trying to pay down $100,000 of student loan debt, that path can feel never ending. You know, try to have fun along the way. You know, for instance, when your balance is at 75, 50, or even 25,000, you and your spouse are gonna be tracking the progress together, so you need to take time to celebrate it together. Do something that you both enjoy when you get to each milestone that's not going to break the bank. Taking this time to enjoy the moment and celebrate how far you've come will most likely motivate you to to accomplish the rest of what you set out to do.
2: You know, my wife and I used to do that. We would go and plan every January. We would go up to Cape Girardeau. There was a Holiday Inn up there that had a indoor pool and we would go up originally when it was just the two of us. And then when the kids came along, the kids could swim and we'd sit out on one of those metal tables and I have our book and stuff. And we would go through and talk about what we were trying to accomplish. And it was that communication time with us. And uh, I-, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't have any problems. She talked about furniture that we wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember guys hate to say this. When I first got married, I had a wonderful time sleeping under a canopy bed Mm -hmm. that was white with pink flowers on it. And it had a beautiful little canopy on it. You know I mean? I no
4: shame sh- at all, right? No right. shame yeah. at all. It fits you, it fits you well, yeah. Hey,
2: hey. But I had but objective, though. <laughs> yeah. Get out of that canopy right. bed that was white. So we would sit down, and she would go through this, and she went through the furniture thing. Now, I hate to say this, guys. I'm not that. T- I'm a math person. Mm-hmm. You know, I can deal with math. So I needed to see the numbers. So she brought me pictures of what she wanted for furniture, and then she had prices. Well, all I did was calculate, is said, okay, we could do this yeah. much this year and this much next I didn't care what it looked like, but it was communication. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She, I trusted her to know that this is a plan that she had. It wasn't go out and just go buy it tomorrow. But the reality was that communication, and then we would celebrate just what you're talking about. Going through that process, and I think that was valuable for Mm -hmm. us, and I highly encourage it, Cooper, is what you're talking about for couples to do. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you talk about finally and the whole idea behind retirement, I mean, whether we like it or not, we're trying to get out of debt, but we've got to think about that particular point in life of saving money for retirement. And honestly, a 30-year-old, that is not in their mindset.
3: Yeah, you know, it's tough to get young people to grasp the concept that, like I said earlier, the more you do today, the less you've got to do later. Um, You know, typically most people like saving into their 401k because it's easy. They don't have to think about the money that's coming out of each paycheck. And like I said, finances are all about establishing habits. Um, You know, things like automated investing and compound interest really help us build that nest egg and aid us in retiring comfortably. Um, There's three main advantages that you get just from taking advantage of your 401k at work. Um, The first is that if your company matches your contributions, you're essentially receiving free money. Make sure that you're taking advantage of this.
2: That's important because people forget that that's critical. Pay yourself first.
3: And and then if you get matched, that's a double hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can actually look at the budget conversation um, like that as well. I tell people if you pay yourself first, You don't have to worry about the budget, right? you got those important things taken care of. You can do whatever you'd like with the rest of the money that you've got left over.
2: Save your thoughts because I want to come back and I want to get some final thoughts on this retirement planning and then this whole idea of legacy and building wealth that ties in, I think, to what Michael's going to talk about you just tuned in my guests are michael powell and cooper smith we're talking about five tips for young families to get out of debt and we're going to review those so you'll get your pencil and paper and write them down because we're going to go through that one more time to make sure you know what to do and then we're going to talk about regrettable mistakes that retirees have made and made them in their 20s and 30s and paying the price for them now how to avoid them it's coming up i'm jim shoemaker this is talk money
1: be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material
0: represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: I am talking today with Michael Powell and Cooper Smith. And Cooper right now is going through some ways that a young family can kind of a journey about wealth and happiness. And it's avoiding or attempting or working to all the above a debt-free life. And that is not easy for everybody. Some people can do it naturally. Some people struggle with it. And some people, it is just a journey that is very, very, very difficult to manage. But he's given us some great ideas. And we were talking before the break about some ways of managing your, your retirement plan. But before we get into that, There's so much about teaching in in the family, uh, this legacy of wealth management. Mm -hmm. Talk about that, because I don't want anybody to miss this important information when it comes to what are you teaching your children?
3: Right. You know, we can work on our financial situation as much as we want, but if we're not helping our kids to carry on that legacy, then our family trees won't grow strong for very long. you, You may have seen or heard the stat a whopping 70% of wealthy families lose their wealth by the second generation and a stunning 90% by the third, according to Williams Group Wealth Consultancy. 90% by that third generation. So let's hang out in the 10% zone. You know, Cooper,
2: that's amazing. And what you're saying, it's hard to break a cycle. But if this, you have to, you, the parents have to take the responsibility of learning it themselves and then transferring that knowledge, mm-hmm. that experience, that discipline to the next generation. And if they don't, as you said, it just goes crazy. By the time of the third generation, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. That's important for us to know. Don't finish up about retirement planning.
3: Um, so, you know, on the on the retirement planning side of it, um... We were talking about taking advantage of that 401k, right? So the first, take advantage of that free money. Something else you're also doing by investing in your 401ks, you're automatically investing your money, and you're never touching it, hopefully, so that it grows for a really long time. Um, The next thing that you're doing is you're taking advantage of compound interest, and that's when your money starts to make money.
2: So the whole idea is... If you're working to get to this point, that becomes the reality of your goal. Get Mm -hmm. to where you're making money, and your money is beginning to make money. Yep. And that's so important. And I think, Michael, you're going to help us understand some mistakes that we make about that coming up. So, anything you want to say about that when we before we get started on it? No,
4: I just think that, like Cooper said, habits develop them. The good habits develop them early, and that's why we're talking about.
2: All right, we're going to cover that in the very, very near future, so right just in a few seconds here. But now, Cooper, before I let you go, I I want you to stay around for for the next half with Michael, but but help me out here. Review what have we discussed. I want people to take the time to take that pencil down, write down these basic fundamentals, because they are just 401K. -hmm. They're the whole idea of doing that, the snowball, all that. Talk about that.
3: So obviously, the first thing we want to try and do, like you said, try to live that debt-free life. In order to do that, we've got to have that proper emergency reserve. We've got to be living on a budget, and we—if we do have some debt—we actually have to have a formal strategy in place to eliminate some of that debt. The next is you've got to partner with your spouse. To do that, first you've got to share your financial dreams, and next you've got to plan that path together. After that, you've got to make sure to take time to celebrate your successes.
2: Those are so critical. I think one of the most important things you said. Is if a person writes down their goals, forty-two percent more more possible, more capable. Forty-two percent have a better results of writing something down than if they don't write mm-hmm. it down. They got a better chance of succeeding if they have an accountability partner, a financial advisor, someone coming alongside and helping them. What was that statistic? Seventy-seven percent almost doubles if a person just gets someone to come alongside and nudge them along. Mm-hmm. Critical, critical. Thank you so much for today. If you want to listen to this program again, just go to the iTunes store and type in Shoemaker Financial and you can listen to Cooper again about ways of getting out of debt. But let me kind of flip over here because now I want to introduce, of course, we've already talked to Michael a little bit. And Michael, I want to dive into this whole idea that mistakes that that retirees make— early on in their early ages. Now, Cooper kind of covered some of that. Just managing debt can be a big problem. Sure, But what do you see is some of the things that, that the millennial age, but you know, we say millennials, it's like we put them over here in a category. Right. But reality is, it doesn't have to be that group. It was people my age that were, when we were in our 20s and 30s, mistakes we make. So talk about that for me for a second. What are some of the biggest issues you see?
4: This may be one that you probably never did, but thinking you know everything <laughs> back in your yeah, thing, maybe <laughs> I'm sure we all felt guilty of that or fall guilty of that times. But we tend to not listen to maybe our parents or elders or center of influences because we already figured it out. You know, we're out of college, we're working, we're making money. So we know everything. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, that's usually not the case because we when we ignore things, we we tend to not learn basic finance. And we get into the situations like Cooper's talking about. Uh, With debts. But we know we've talked about this on other shows, Jim. Personal finance in our education system today is, is lacking. And you think about back when retirees were in their 20s, it was probably non-existent for the most part, at least unless you already had a good grip on it from... Parents or grandparents and whatnot. So I think that's the biggest thing is now we got so much information that really there's no excuse, but it also is confusing because there is so much information. You out know, there.
2: you talk about that, Michael, and there's, that's true. I can remember early on is sitting down with professionals, people that had education, lots of education and teaching them how to balance a checkbook. Now, that's back when we actually balanced a checkbook mm-hmm. and you know looked at it, not not online banking. But, but the reality was they didn't have that amount of knowledge that you would expect to have by someone who was about to enter into a career where they were making a lot of money. And, right. and they really thought it would just happen. And that is some of that where you're talking about so much information today, and yet it doesn't mean that An amount of information doesn't mean clarity.
4: Right. They get confused. It's like the old saying, you don't know what you don't don't know. know. That's That's the one that gets people.
2: That's a great point. Mm -hmm. So what's the second thing? Because I understand that one, because I think that is a problem. So when we talk about this second one, I'm going to take a quick break. And I want to come back. I know that you talked about that they save too little money. They just yes. don't think big enough. So I want to dive into that with you for a second. If you just tuned in, tune in, my guest is Michael Powell and Cooper Smith. We're talking specifically right now about regrettable mistakes that people make when it comes to retirement planning. You don't want to miss them because you don't want to make these mistakes. And the first one was thinking you know everything. And we've already decided that that's not the case. So stay with us. We're coming back. We're going to talk about saving too little and how to avoid debt. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: For the most courageous among us, handicaps are no obstacle to greatness. When the steamboat Emmy Norman had an onboard explosion after a freak accident, with no other boats around, all seemed hopeless. But Tom Lee, a river worker returning to Memphis alone from Arkansas, acted without hesitation. When he witnessed the Emmy Norman capsize, he steered his 28 foot skiff to the site of the accident and rescued 32 people from the powerful undertow of the river, despite not being able to swim. Without regard for his personal safety, he made five trips to shore and continued to search during the night for survivors. Without Lee's decisive intervention, the entire boat would have sunk with all hands. The passengers Lee rescued were engineers and their families attending a convention in Memphis. To show their gratitude, the Memphis Engineers Club raised enough money to buy a house for Lee and his family. Today in the park named in Lee's honor, a bronze statue memorializes his heroism. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
0: The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and were redeemed to maybe worth more or less than when originally invested. Please keep in mind that the primary reason to purchase a life insurance product is the death benefit. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges and may contain restrictions
1: such as surrender periods. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with Michael Powell and Cooper. We're going through some ideas. We've been talking with Cooper about debt planning, and now we're talking with Michael, and it's specifically about mistakes that retirees make. And I guess the focus is that we make them young when we're in our 20s or 30s, and then how do we overcome them? Well, sometimes it's a big struggle. The first one that I think, Michael, you mentioned that I, I think it's so important is that I I know that I did this too, and I know a lot of people that we think at that early age that we got plenty of time and that we know everything and you know, I, I can kinda I got I can make a few mistakes and it's okay. I'm not gonna it's not gonna kill me. But it does. It does affect him. But then you move into this whole idea of the saving too little. I want you to dive into that a little bit because I know that we have a tendency to really do that for too long of a period and it affects what we have when we get to be at that retirement age.
4: I'm sure if I had a dollar for every time I heard this from a client when they come in and we're reviewing over the retirement planning, they always say, I wish I would have started saving earlier. I wish I would have. And you'd be a rich man probably in nope. your long years of practice hearing that same phrase over and over and over. It's still an issue today. Uh, saving for the future, it's overlooked because I think a lot of times we have our priorities in the wrong place, whether it's... I got to have this new car, we got to build this house, I want to get out of debt before I save for retirement, but we can borrow money to do things, but we cannot borrow money to retire, if you think about that Mm -hmm. concept for a second. Um, But when you're in your 20s, time is our biggest asset, because we have so much longer to live, people are living longer and longer, we talked about this before we got on, life expectancy is going to continue to go up because of all the medical technology we have. The diets now that we're aware of, not eating cheeseburgers every day probably (laughs) helps, you know, one of those things. Um, But we have that. I have plenty of time, but time goes by pretty quick if you haven't noticed. And if you don't start earlier, then we're going to see the same issue come up.
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of times people think that you have to arrive at a certain point before you can start saving for retirement, right? Once we get the kids in school, like you said, once we get that new house, I tell people all the time, it's the pennies, nickels, and dimes saved up that get us to where we want to be in the long run.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, That great concept, Cooper. Both of you are talking about something that I wish we could just get everybody to pay attention. It doesn't have to be dollars, big dollars pennies, nickels, and dimes at an early age grew into be big dollars. It's the discipline to get
3: started. It's starting early. That's right. Saving something is better than saving nothing. It's
2: getting you into a habit mm-hmm. of saying, I am going to set aside X number of dollars, and, and knowing that I'm going to do that, do it in a disciplined way, it's not that you have to avoid or, or just eliminate some of that personal gratification as the new house or the truck or whatever you're trying to, 60-inch TV before the ballgame starts, mm-hmm. or the SEC, whatever, right. whatever. But the reality is, it's just saving the pennies, nickels, and dimes mm-hmm. that you're talking about. What's another mistake that a lot of people make, Michael?
4: We save for retirement, but sometimes we use our retirement money before you're retired. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times... Now, th-
2: that, that, that is so important. Yes. I kind of paused. I kind of okay. went, yeah. I, went but that would I want that one to sink it, in. Do it happens you, Do you think it really time. happens? It
4: happens all the time, even today, but... You think about all the things that happen in life. We've talked about how do we get ourselves in debt. Maybe it's a medical crisis. Maybe it's a emergency that we just couldn't control. We had a lack of emergency fund. But if that's the case, sometimes people use the 401k, the IRA, the money that's supposed to be retirement. They use it beforehand because maybe it's their last resort, and that happens. That well, that is life, and
2: that is life. And we don't want to say to anybody that when, the, when a true emergency happens and you depleted your emergency fund, this is an option. It was federally set aside in the law that you could go in and borrow money from your four hundred one k. And it's you know that could be a hardship or you're just borrowing money regardless. Mm-hmm. And it is for that. Quote, unquote, emergency, but it shouldn't be your emergency money.
4: Right, right? yes. It's for a
2: true emergency when you've already depleted that. Go ahead.
4: And whether it's a big purchase, child's education, you know, other expenses that come up, a lot of times people have the mentality of, oh, this is just money I can take out. I can save later, and it'll it'll work out fine. And that's usually where people make the biggest mistake.
2: I've heard people say, well, it's my money anyway. Right. And I understand that. I do. But I think people have to understand that if you're taking money out at 45 and you don't get it back into the plan until you're 60, you've missed, you know, that whole 15 mm-hmm. years of that money growing at the pace that it could be growing for, for you over a very lengthy 15-year period. Right. Critical dollars for someone. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, be careful. Yes. Be careful. When you use. That's a mistake that some people make and they don't pay it back. What's another mistake?
4: invested too timidly or emotional you talked about the beginning of the show how we've had how many recessions since 1950 10 10. first thing we do with money we talked about emotion we make a knee-jerk reaction and that's what people may think about they think about the past it's one of those big things when it comes to saving um, even for retirement but you got to think of it as a 30 to 40 year time frame of saving money We've had ups and downs in the stock market. We know that. Money is emotional. We've talked about that. But for good reason, we need to make sure that investing becomes emotionless. Now, that's really hard to say, especially when it's your money or if you're looking at someone else's dollars, that's different. But we got to think about the times of you know retirees that maybe have made knee-jerk reactions. In 2008, our last recession that you talked about, Jim, they haven't made anything to change that since once you get out of the game from investing, it's really hard to get back in.
2: I had someone just yesterday talk about the fact that during the Great Recession of 2008 and nine, with the whole idea of, that they, at that point in time, without the personal counsel, mm-hmm. they didn't have someone that was helping them. They didn't have a written plan. All those things, Cooper, you were talking about. The reality is that when the market began to go down and down, and of course, the MSNBC listenership went up and up and up, mm-hmm. Now all that's going on. And the the emotions, as you talk about, Michael, came as part of his life. And he said, "I waited and waited, and then finally I just couldn't wait anymore, and I pulled it out and put it into a savings account, okay, or whatever his fixed account was." And he said, "I knew I did it wrong, but he said I couldn't control it. I couldn't stop myself from putting it. And then I waited three years before I moved it back. So he right. missed. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Is that so, emotional or timid.
4: And even the example of today, when we start saving in our twenties maybe three to five years have gone by and we really haven't seen a lot of growth or, you know, we're in this now satisfaction. We, we want things now, now, now. We want results now, now, now. And investing is totally opposite of that because we talked about time, compound interest. Those things don't go together when we're talking about a le- very short time frame. So don't get disappointed with that when you are saving in the
2: beginning. Let me step back for just a second. When we talk about emotional investing, and, and this is kind of the subject, And the the idea of being too timid. What do you guys, how do you encourage your generation, the millennial generation, not to be that way at their age? Because this is the time when compound interest is so powerful for you. I want to know, how do you really take a sledgehammer sometimes and get it across that this is so valuable for you? I tell you what, let's take a break. I want to come back and I want you to kind of guide us through what do you say to that young person, that millennial generation, you guys' generation, you're working with them all the time and you're guiding them through that. I want to hear how you counsel them not to get too timid or too emotional in a market that is their friend as long as they don't avoid it. Sure. We'll talk about that when we come back. You just tuned in, my guest, Michael Powell and Cooper Smith. We're talking about right now mistakes that people make when it comes to retirement planning. I mean, it is critical that you pay attention. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money
1: podcasts for talk money are available for ios mobile devices in the itunes store just search shoemaker financial we'll be right back with talk money after this
0: financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such you should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax
1: or legal situation and now back to talk money with your host jim shoemaker
2: well, before the break, we were talking about just making mistakes of retirees that have made in their twenties, thirties or whatever in that young period and how to avoid them. And what we had gotten to was talking about two being too timid in the market or being an emotional investor. So I'd ask Michael to kind of give us some ways, and both you and Cooper, both of you guys, just help us understand how to not do that. And and Michael, I'm gonna start with you. What what are some things that just how do you keep your generation from getting caught up in the media and all the emotions of the media and stuff, how do you help them get through that?
4: Well, one thing I do for people that are pretty new to investing and saving in general is to give them a good visual. I think visuals are the greatest thing when you talk about this kind of stuff. And getting out a time value money calculator, showing them, hey, if I put X amount each month or each year away, earning a you know, conservative interest rate of whatever you want to put, three to six, but you know some hypothetical number out there um, show it over 20 25 years what that money does and typically you will see more interest is earned than what you put in and that's the biggest thing i show people and they understand that but we can't just show a smooth line no, going it's up not a that's line. that's it's the biggest smooth. thing so going back to history maybe showing them some sort of <clears throat> indice or something like that that really just helps them
3: out. Yeah, you know, that's really the biggest thing that I do. I like to show them a history of what the stock market's done, right, since its inception. Mm -hmm. Does it it really matter what your retirement investments are doing today if this is money that we're going to want to get to in 30, 40 years? Mm -hmm. I often tell my clients it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market that matters.
2: So timing, timing the market is not what you're saying. No. It's time in the market. Right. And, of course, everybody knows past performance is never an indication of future performance. Mm-hmm. But we do know that what you're investing in is, is the companies, the S&P 500. You can't invest, of course, in an index. Mm-hmm. You're making investments in the great companies of America or around the world. Right. And, and the key is... It's back what you're saying, Cooper, not timing the market, but time in the market keeps your emotions out. Michael, last statements here. You're talking about some of the biggest issues people make, and I know you mentioned to me earlier, failing to plan.
4: Yes, the other phrase you've probably heard before, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If I don't write something down, if I don't have a goal behind or a a motivation behind it, it's going to be very hard for me to accomplish that goal. And people tend to plan more on a vacation than they do planning for a future like retirement child's education something more long-term than just a vacation um and i think this is something we have to be more strategic and disciplined on and when most of the time if we don't see something working we tend to give up too easily and that's that's another thing i see is if people are saving and they don't see much return on their money or they're not seeing anything grow over a short period of time then they tend to give up and say, well, that didn't work. I need to do something different. Kind of like if you were trying to lose weight and you, you exercised for two weeks and you didn't see any results, maybe you go back to doing what you did because it didn't work. But that's the biggest thing I see. That's Just a big the mistake. fear
2: of it, you know, that you're not getting anywhere, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's critical. And, Cooper, that actually ties in to you. If they're not getting out of debt as fast as they thought they would, they have a tendency to give up. And, and, and Michael mentioned having a plan. Mm-hmm. You talked about that.
3: Yep. Like I said, it's easy to feel like you're drowning, but if you have a, a clear strategy in place and you're tracking that progress, you can see that slowly by slowly you're making strides, right? Just one step at a time.
2: i I'd somehow think, guys, that if we could walk away from today's program with the understanding of here's the value I really like those last two is having a plan. You mentioned 47% of the people that they just do what they're Mm -hmm. saying over and over, Mm -hmm. 40-some-odd, 44%. Mm -hmm. The reality is they're going to have, if they have an accountability, they're going to even increase that to over 70%. Mm -hmm. So giving them a plan, helping them put that together is so critical. I I just wish we understood that, why people fail to do that. It's just our human nature. Mm -hmm. We get into the immediate, the now, and We don't think about the future.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's back to the beginning of it, thinking you know everything, thinking everything's in good shape. When really, the reality is you got to really make sure that, am I doing the right things? That's why you talk to somebody like us who's going to help you along the way and show you obstacles that may come to help you avoid getting in debt
3: or other things. Yeah, and don't necessarily feel discouraged if you haven't started saving for retirement. A lot of people that I meet with beat themselves up because they don't have anything saved up. I love the quote, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So it doesn't matter what you could have done, should have done, would have done. All that matters is the fact that you're in here dealing with it today.
2: Last thoughts, Cooper, for debt. What's your thoughts?
3: You know, I would say the biggest things teach your kids. Uh, now, I love the saying, give your kids enough money to do something, but not so much that they do nothing. Let that sit for a sec. You know, we, we want to empower our kids to keep the legacy alive. Um, as you grow older, you should give them progressive levels of responsibility. But make sure that you're communicating those strong financial habits, because after all, kids are great imitators. Last
2: thoughts, Michael.
4: Take the emotion out. Have a good habits. Don't miss the free money. And with your retirement, save early, save often.
2: Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for being a part
3: of the program. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim.
2: You've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guest, Michael Powell and Cooper Smith, if you would like to talk with them personally, call them at 757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial, and be sure to like us on Facebook. I appreciate everybody being a part of today's program. Guys, always great to have you on the program. Thank you so much. We'll have you back again. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and thanks for listening. This is Talk Money.
0: Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskowitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker, Michael Powell, and Cooper Smith are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.